the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is brought to you by Bridgeway Community Church. It's Tough Topic Tuesday. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Are you ready to talk about racial reconciliation from a white man's perspective? Come on, let's go. Live from our nation's capital, welcome to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. An expert on race, religion, and relationships, Dr. Anderson wants to talk to you. Our phone lines are now open. 888-432-7434. And now, please welcome Dr. David Anderson, your bridge-building voice in the nation's capital. It's Tough Topic Tuesday. I'm David Anderson, your bridge-building voice right here in the nation's capital. How in the world are you today? It is Tough Topic Tuesday. I mention that because the way we roll is usually Marriage Mondays. That was yesterday. Tough Topic Tuesdays today. Tomorrow, Wisdom Wednesdays. Then Theological Thursdays. Open phone in Fridays. Anything you want to talk to me about on Friday is fair game. And then on Saturdays, we have a special episode just for you where we highlight some of the best conversations of the week. 7 p.m. to 7.30 on this same station. And what station is it? 105.1 FM right here in the nation's capital, WAVA, a Salem Broadcasting Network station. We're so glad that you're listening. It's the most listened to Christian talk station on the East Coast, second in the entire country, and I'm so glad that we get to connect with you. Also on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, covering all of D.C., Maryland, Virginia, even parts of West Virginia and Pennsylvania as well. Well, today we're talking about racial reconciliation from a white man's perspective, and I got a very special uh, author of a brand new book that is coming out today. It's called White as Sin, A New Paradigm for Racial Healing. The author is Pastor Scott Garber, and I'll introduce him to you in just a second. But as we always do, we like to open the show in a word of prayer committed to the Lord and also give you our digits. So let me give you those digits right now, 888 432 7434. If you want to talk to me or Pastor Scott Garber, give a call to, to that number. You can join the conversation. 888-43-BRIDGE. That makes it real easy. Uh, some of you are probably crossing over a bridge right now, so that's easy for you. 888-43-BRIDGE. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to have a conversation across racial uh, lines, Lord, cultural lines. Help us to understand how we can connect and be unified one with another. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, bringing us today's Tough Topic Tuesday on this topic of racial reconciliation from a white man's perspective is the white dude you see sitting right next to me. If you are on uh, Facebook Live, at Anderson Speaks is my handle there. It's Pastor Scott Garber, who's dedicated his career to church ministry, theological training, and writing. He's also the founder and executive director of Overcoming, a nonprofit dedicated to racial justice. 
He began an, as an urban church planner, spent a number of years as an associate minister uh, in an African in African American churches, and then he served as a senior pastor of Washington Community Fellowship, a multiracial congregation on Capitol Hill. Pastor Scott right now is the pastor at large right here at Bridgeway Community Church, the church where I'm the senior pastor in Columbia, Maryland, and in Owens Mills, Reisterstown, Maryland. His wife, Cindy, uh, and he live in the nation's capital where they've dedicated themselves to doing ministry all over the world, and specifically, uh, Scott uh, does writing and speaking. In fact, he spent a dozen years in Europe first teaching at the Spanish Bible Institute, so he's also bilingual, before moving to Romania. So these guys were missionaries as well, where he helped organize the theological faculty there uh, in a state-sponsored university. Pastor Scott, welcome to Real Talk. How are you, my friend? Thank you, Dr. Anderson. It's a pleasure to be here. So good to have you on the air. You wrote this book, and the title is White as Sin. We just got to start right there. Where did that <laughs> title come from? <clears throat> well, uh, you know, I started out to write a book that was everything I ever wanted to say about multicultural ministry because, I've, like you, I've been at it a while. Mm -hmm. And um, the first question I came to is, why is this so hard? Mm. And uh, that became the entire book. Wow. And when I started thinking about why it was so hard, that led me to look at, at racial attitudes, it's white tough. racial attitudes, and say, where do these come from? Oh, wow. And as I did, uh, they looked shadier and shadier. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, is that what prompted you to write the book when you started kind of asking yourself the question, why is this so difficult that it was almost like a personal journey before it was like a theological study or before it meant to be a book? Oh, very much so. I mean, it was, this was an existential question from the get go rather than a theoretical one. I uh. mean, um, because I'd been involved in this and, uh, you know, there are lots of books and studies that tell you what the, what about our racial dysfunction in this country and they can describe it, but I wanted to know why. Huh. And so then you talk about this term racial haughtiness, which is a theme throughout uh, sort of a subtext of the book. What is racial haughtiness? Well, you know, we, we talk a lot about racism, and uh, racism is very real, but sometimes the, our conversations about racism become kind of surreal because not everybody means the same thing when they say the term. Mm. And uh, so, and certainly nobody wants to admit that they're racist because that right. kind of makes you a pariah. So if right. you have to get people to admit that they're racist in order to solve the problem, then you've got a real uphill battle huh. in front of you. So I started thinking, well, is there another way to look at this, another perspective, another way to get a hold of this issue? And as I looked at it from a, a scriptural point of view, what I was looking at looked like, haughtiness hmm. in the in the bible and uh, if ha I may, haughtiness I, meaning pride well kind of, the haughtiness is kind of like i would call it a first cousin of pride huh is it a mix between arrogance and pride kind like, of yeah they, they got married and had a child <laughs> something like that <laughs> i mean pride in some context you know pe people will talk about pride in your work or pride in your heritage yeah. some things even in some contexts pride can even be kind of positive yeah but haughtiness never is positive uh -huh. because haughtiness requires an inferior foil. It requires somebody that hmm. you're going to be better than. It's not just feeling positive about yourself, which could be pride, wow. but it's feeling positive about yourself by denigrating somebody else. Wow. And so that's why I landed on that to describe this whole attitude that is behind not only what we call racism, but all of the kinds of things that all of the kinds of oppression and, and, uh, 
discrimination that have come uh, that we've seen in our history. Isn't that interesting? Well, listen, as soon as we get back from the commercial break, uh, we're going to go right to the phone lines to talk to John and Becky. And we want to talk to you. I've got the lines wide open. If you want to grab one now, now's a good time to get in where you fit in. Here's the phone number, 888-43-BRIDGE. I've got the book title here. It's A White Man's Perspective on Race, White as Sin, A New Paradigm for Racial Healing. We'll be right back. Dr. Anderson would love for you to join his Facebook page and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Just search Dr. David Anderson on Facebook and click like or Anderson Speaks on YouTube and subscribe. They're a great way for you to connect with and follow Dr. Anderson. Plus, you can watch Dr. Anderson's radio program live or search past episodes. You can also connect with Dr. Anderson and his sponsors at andersonspeaks.com. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson on Facebook, YouTube, and andersonspeaks.com. Check him out today. I'm Andrew Altman, founder of Best Buy Waterproofing. I hate to see people wait to replace the roof. I'm working on a roof right now where the wood underneath the shingles and the ceiling in the kitchen needs replacing because of roof leaks. Don't let this happen. Get a free estimate before the storms arrive. You deserve the best. Call Best Buy Waterproofing and Roofing. Best Buy Waterproofing before the water rises. Hey there, Real Talk listeners. Have you made plans to attend church this holiday season yet? Well, if not, we'd love for you to consider attending Bridgeway Community Church. We have two campuses located in Columbia, Maryland, and Owings Mills, Ricerstown. We're going to be having a live stage play entitled The Poker Night Before Christmas. Who exactly is the reason for the season? We're going to find out together. You're not going to want to miss it. And following our play will be a live, inspirational message by our founding and senior pastor, Dr. David Anderson. We're going to dive into and try to figure out the mystery of Christmas. You're going to want to be here for that. Now tell me, where else can you go to get an awesome live stage production for free? And keep in mind, this is fun for the entire family. That's right, during our service times, we're going to be having children's ministry as well for your little ones to attend. Our services are also translated into Korean, Spanish, and American Sign Language. So come on out, invite your friends, invite your family, bring the whole gang. We're going to be having services on Saturday, December 21st, and Sunday, December 22nd. Check out www.bridgeway.cc slash Christmas for more information and details. Welcome back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. For more information about this program or for resources from Dr. Anderson, please visit andersonspeaks.com. To watch on Facebook Live or to view past episodes, visit Dr. Anderson's public figure Facebook page. Just search Dr. David Anderson and click like. You can also watch live on YouTube. Just search for Anderson Speaks, all one word, and make sure to subscribe. Join our text community and receive a free weekly textpiration from Dr. Anderson. Just text the word INSPIRE to 97000. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-E to 97000. And now, back to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. 
That's me. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson and my special guest, Pastor Scott Garber. We're talking about his brand new book, comes out today, White as Sin is the title of the book, A New Paradigm for Racial Healing. If you want to talk about this topic with us and with the author of the book, all you have to do is give us a call at 888-43-BRIDGE. Before I go to my call line, I need to ask you, Pastor Scott, uh, in writing this book, who was your audience once you realized, okay, I'm just writing because of the problem that I'm having, and now you're writing it and saying, no, it's going to be a book now. Were you thinking about who's going to be reading this book? Well, the, the target audience is kind of twofold, but primarily I'm working toward communicating with white thought leaders. Uh-huh. Uh, so there are people uh, who may be academics or pastors or people who are involved in multicultural, multiracial ministry uh, or people who are just educated folks who have an interest in social justice and, so and themes of this sort. Uh, but they're people who are going to then engage other people and, and influence other people. Uh-huh. Well, when we uh, dive a little bit deeper in the book, we'll talk about a few of its concepts. But right now, let's go to Washington, D.C. and talk to John, uh, who's originally from uh, Durham, North Carolina, but he's working around D.C. Hey, John, welcome to the show today. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm really well. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Pleasure. A little, little nervous to ask these questions, and, and my vernacular and it may not be a, a spot on, so I apologize. But, you know, there's some sensitivities around this issue, and really, I live in South Durham. Um, happen to work all up and down the East Coast. But my community in particular, we moved into a very unique spot. It's about 10 minutes south of a historically black college, um, North Carolina Central. Okay. And one of the things, when I grew up in Denver, I love the Hispanic community. And, and I kept seeing, you know, uh, Missionary Baptist community or, uh, churches north of me. Right. And, you know, a lot of African-American communities. And just wanted to ask for first steps and kind of some pitfalls leaning into, you know, they, they talk about us in a post-Christian culture just loving people better. So how can I lean into, you know, more than just shopping at the places and being decent to people? How can I lean into these issues? Are there organizations that are doing this and just mm. being, you know, the, the people that tear down the boundaries and tear down the misconceptions and, and really, you know, build build those bridges well john it sounds like you have the heart of a bridge builder and you're saying what are some first steps i can take to be a better bridge builder am i hearing that right yeah because because one of the hardest things for me to see is you've got fraternity you have lexuses and mercedes floating around north carolina central and then the area right there can be kind of you know degraded and some homes that need some help and yeah and just you know folks live in life and so i you know i lean into the uncomfortable and i shop at the stores um, you know, and just try to be a member of the community. But I, I, I really don't know how to dive in because, you know, ethnic communities tend to be very tight and without, you know, kind of an advocate yeah. for me. And yeah. then somebody kind of coming alongside and saying, no, he's cool. He gets it. Right, um, right, right. I don't know where to go. Yeah, so when we talk about racial reconciliation from a white man's perspective, Pastor Scott Garber, I know you've lived in many different contexts. How do you help uh, John uh, sort of integrate even more uh, to be a bridge builder in, uh, among ethnic communities. Any thoughts on that? Well, John, first of all, I'd just like to applaud what you've already done and the yeah. fact that, you, that you're engaging with this issue because it's really easy for us as white folks to live in, in a white world and not really care yeah. or not really, not really try to learn. 
So, you know, for me, and I think for you probably as well, learning was a big thing. I started out in an inner city ministry, and after about six months, I realized, you know what, I don't have a clue about the <laughs> right. about the culture that I'm working in here. Right. And so I actually had to stop doing what I was doing and go make myself an associate minister in an African-American church for two and a half years to just learn the ropes, yeah. to find out how people thought and and what was going on in that community. So I would say that the kinds of engagement that you're looking at and the churches that you talked about, any, especially, I think, contact with Christian people who might have a similar ethos about wanting to, to, to work toward, uh, toward reconciliation. And But the thing is, you have to just go into those environments as a listener and a learner and not somebody who has to talk and convince everybody or, or make everybody think that you're woke or something. Right, right, right. Yeah, and also I would just add, John, you know, when Jesus went into Samaria, he went uh, and sat at the well where he knew that a Samaritan woman would come. And the cool thing I think about that story is the first thing Jesus did, he didn't say, hey, I have something for you that you need. The first thing he did is he asked her for a drink. And so the dignity of, of needing something from someone, to be able to say, you have something I need. That's why I'm here. Can you help me with this? I think builds a bridge in a almost a backwards way, you know, because if we go in thinking they need something I have, well, they probably do, but they may not know that yet. So when you say, hey, can you give me a drink? Or, hey, is there a place where I could uh, get X, Y, and Z? I think it's a good leading question because you're saying with dignity, you have something that I need. Can you help me? Absolutely. How's that sound? No, that sounds good. I kind of like the humility of, you know, stepping into that, being open open eyes and open ears rather than like you're saying trying to carry some message and just coming with a heart of humility and, and love quite frankly well hey listen thank you so much john for calling i appreciate it blessings to you and pastor scott uh, you know that's what your book is trying to do where john already is and that is moving people from a haughtiness to a humility isn't it right and, and educating people because most of us as white people we don't really know the history of this relationship but when we when we relate to people, that history comes to bear. Right. That history is there on the table. And if we don't know what it is, then we don't really know what we're dealing with. And so that's why a book like this, or even getting into even reading classic books like from Toni Morrison who just died, or mm -hmm. other people who've written. And if you do that alongside the, the, the personal engagement with people, then then things start to connections start to happen in yeah. in your own mind in your own heart and and uh, it starts to make a little bit more sense. His book is White as Sin. Go to Amazon.com and order it today and give yourself some time to go through it because it is dense and it is powerful and it has a lot of meat. It is not an easy read. It's not an easy read at all. Uh, it's one that you're going to be sitting with for a while. But, you know, we need a book like this. It's not such a, just a popular book on race relations. It is a dense historical uh, book that's going to help you today. It's White as Sin. The uh, author is Pastor Scott Garber. I have him live in the studio today. If you want to join the conversation, here's the phone number before I go to Becky, who's in Washington. The number is 888-432-7434. That number, again, is 888-43-BRIDGE. All right, let's go to Washington, D.C. and talk to Becky, who's on the line. Hi, Becky. It's Dr. Anderson and Pastor Scott Garber. How are you today? Hello, Dr. Anderson, and hello, Pastor Scott Garber. I'm doing okay. fine. How are you both? Uh, we're alive. Good, we're grateful good. and glad <laughs> you called. What are you thinking today? What's yeah, on your mind? 
Well, you know, well, first of all, I want to thank uh, Pastor Barbara for writing a book of this nature. Mm. I love the tough questions and conversation, and so my question is going to be tough here. Okay. You ready? Go for it. <laughs> okay. I would like to know, you know, normally African Americans, they, they normally lead the way when it comes to statistical uh, uh, you know, blacks lead, this blacks have the highest number, this blacks that, blacks that. But one thing that has not been most talked about is the fact of most mass shooters are white men. Mm-hmm. And I would like to know why and why is it. I want to know if Pastor Barber has figured that out or has done any research. sexual orientation, and some of the other distinctions. So without even having a particular political point of view or religious point of view, Mm -hmm. the facts are that across all of these categories, our brothers and sisters, your brothers and sisters, are faring worse. Mm. So even in LGBT communities, there might be a group of people fighting for a particular right, petitioning for a particular way of being uh, acknowledged as citizens, but even within LGBT communities, people of color and black populations fare worse. They still fare worse. They fare worse. Very interesting. And so is it always right to assume these days that when someone is talking about diversity and, and inclusion, it is going to integrate the LGBT uh, conversation because that's one of uh, a variable of distinctions? Well, what I like about this opportunity is that we we believe in the image of a creator, right? In right. The image of God. So if right. we all comprise that total image, then we want to make sure that those who are worse off are receiving the support and resources necessary, which is a civic and human right. Based on their humanity, Based not necessarily their, their orientation. That's right. 888-432-7434 is the number if you want to join us. Today we're talking about building bridges to diversity and inclusion. We've got our special guest, Marcus Walton. He's a director 
of racial equity initiatives for the Borealis Philanthropy uh, Organization. And we're talking about diversity and inclusion because it does connect in businesses and corporations as well as in uh, uh, religious communities. And we thought it'd be a great topic to bring to you. Do you struggle with diversity? Do you struggle with racial reconciliation? Do you struggle with trying to figure out uh, racial equity and racial justice? And how can we serve you today even by talking you through it, walking you through it, thinking with you out loud on it? If you want to call us today, our phone number is 888-843-BRIDGE. Let's go on over to Landover, Maryland, and talk to Theophilus, who's on the line. Hi, Theophilus. It's Dr. Anderson and Marcus Walton. How are you? Uh, good afternoon, Dr. Anderson and uh, Mr. Walton. Hi there. Thank yes, you. Uh, I, I, uh, I've had a problem with um, uh, it's basically uh, inclusion and, and diversity uh, in uh, just the, the denomination, or I say, I say the theological doctrines uh, where we are uh, separation, and denomination, and, say, okay, and prejudices. Uh, what, what do you think about it? As an so are you wondering theologically uh, if uh, diversity and inclusion is even and so something that is scriptural? We have to look at spiritual solutions that are going to change us on the inside, but also change the external circumstances that we've created as a result of those attitudes. And the book deals with some of those haughtiness structures as well. Haughtiness structures and has seven chapters on a step-by-step transform- spiritual transformation process from haughtiness to loving humility. How about that? And uh, we had John call us to talk about humility. We had Becky call us to talk about uh, gun violence and police and law enforcement. Uh, violence. Hey, we want to talk to you about it as well. If you want to give us a call, we have wide open lines right now. The number is 888-432-7434. And my special guest, Pastor Scott Garber, his brand new book, pick it up on Amazon.com even now. The title, White as Sin, A New Paradigm for Racial Healing. I'm going to ask Scott on the other side, why'd you call it White as Sin? Is that like White as Snow? We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Chuck Teets of A-Action Home Services. When you call our stand-up guys, you can expect they'll show up with our warehouse on wheels, introduce themselves with their unique qualifications, and of course, they'll be wearing shoe covers. But most importantly, before they do any work, they'll share options with you, including upfront pricing, so you decide what's best. So for stress-free electrical, plumbing, and heating service, call us today at 703-922-1900. One of the worst things about getting older is that we're rarely that surprised by what's inside our Christmas gifts. As a kid, you'd get that rush as your hands reach supersonic tear-open speed. Pure surprise. Now that we're older, it's either socks, a scarf, or a gift card for socks and scarves. But there is a potential gift sitting in your house that you might be surprised by, and that's the value or equity in your actual home. Home values skyrocketed in 2019, leaving many of us with extra equity or money that could be cashed out sitting in our homes. Maybe 2020 is the year to HGTV your kitchen or to pay off all that stressful debt. If you're curious what's inside your house, our faith, family, and direct lender team is United Faith Mortgage. For every closed loan applied for through the new year, we'll make a donation in your name that will feed a child for a year to Cross International. Find the details at unitedfaithmortgage.com. 
UMC Mortgage Company, Melbourne, New York, NMLS number 1330, nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Digital marketing is a big part of just about every business. It's everywhere. Is your business using it to your advantage? You could be losing sales by the second. Salem Surround can help you. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into leads. A full-service digital agency providing you with all your marketing under one roof. Contact Salem Surround. Learn more at surrounddc.com. Surrounddc.com. Connecting you with new customers. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue, and company, and other factors. Not available in all states. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Welcome to the second half of the show. It's Tough Topic Tuesday. We're talking about racial reconciliation. It's from a white man's perspective. Our special guest is Pastor Scott Garber, who's the author of a brand new book coming out today. You can get it on Amazon. It's called White as Sin. The subtitle, A New Paradigm. Uh, served in African-American churches as well as a missionary in Romania and um, in Europe. And so we're just so glad to have him here. He's married to Cindy. They live in the nation's capital. And, of course, he is also a pastor at large at Bridgeway Community Church in Columbia, Maryland, and Owens Mills, Righteousstown, Maryland, where I'm the founding pastor. Uh, pastor Scott, you wrote this book. Uh, let me give the phone number in case people want to join the conversation. Our number is 888 432 Seven four three four, or just remember the word bridge eight 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 four three bridge. The title of the book it's three words: white as sin. What were you thinking when you made that title? Well, you know, I grew up hearing expressions that, um, such as "black as sin," and other expressions that that uh, connected blackness to all sorts of negative things. Oh, right. Okay. And so when I began to look at this whole issue, I started I, doing a historical study. I saw all of the all of the terrible things actually throughout our history that white people have done. Then I began to ask myself, is this just a matter of something we've done or is it more fundamentally who we are? Mm. Because it was so universal and so constant that it wasn't us acting out of character, it was us acting according to character. Uh-huh. And that really scared me when I thought of that. Uh. And I started thinking, well, it would be interesting to take that expression and turn it around and apply it to the opposite group of people and to try to come up with something a little bit evocative. 
How about that? Well, you know, I've written books on race and race relations, but you, as a white man writing a book on that, what does it feel like being a white guy writing about racism or racial haughtiness? Is there, um, I don't know, is it, does it feel like a debt to be paid? Does it feel like a stewardship to be, uh, to be leveraged because you can maybe speak to a group uh, in a different way? I mean, I, I'm, you can't be a black man. I can't be a white man. So I'm literally asking you, having white skin like you do and writing and engaging in racial reconciliation the way I've seen you over the, the years, what's it like? Well, I think the things that you suggested as as a, as a debt and as a as an obligation, those are there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also for me personally a calling on my life. Mm. Uh, I didn't grow. I grew up like in the exurbs. I, there wasn't a black person in my school district. It mm. wasn't something that I was exposed to. Uh, it was just something that God kind of brought across my path mm. and then whacked me over the head with, I guess, wow. uh, a, as I came along. And then I jumped in with both feet. A, and as I said, didn't really know what I was doing at first. And I had to go and get a secondary education by by uh, being part of an African-American community, an African-American church. And so some of those experiences, I think, plus the opportunity to live overseas as a cultural minority, now I want to make it clear, I was never an oppressed minority, mm-hmm. but just to know what it means to live in a situation where you are the other, yeah, and um, people are not going to bend to the way you, you think, you're going to have to conform to the way they think if you want to be successful, yeah. was an enlightening experience, let's put it that way. Yeah. So it, it gives me something to bring to the table that perhaps uh, helps me interpret some things for mm-hmm. some people. And you know, I felt an obligation to do that. If you're a white brother or sister, you're listening and you want to call in, I'd love to hear from you uh, how you engage in reconciliation as a white person. You know, there's something called white fragility. And that is this concept that whenever someone brings up race, especially a black person, it shuts a white person down because of an internal shame uh, trigger that they have. And so, in other words, they're so fragile that they immediately say, I'm not a racist, and they can hardly even engage the conversation without being put in into a corner mm-hmm. of shame. And so they, they don't have the, uh, the fortitude uh, to even deal with it because they've never been the minority before. And so as soon as you bring it up, uh, they want to they wanna know why, um, why we're talking about it. That was so many years ago. It wasn't me. Uh, and, and, and all of these triggers, I'm not a racist, just immediately come up. Um, and so h- how do you help my white brothers and sisters deal with that? Yeah, well, I've, I've read the book that you're referring to, it, and it's a very real dynamic. People, those triggers just set people off and, uh, and sometimes just kind of paralyze them, really, in their capacity to express their own feelings or to talk about this. I think this is one of the reasons why both black and white people need to be involved in this conversation. Yeah. And if we're ever going to really make much headway, white people have to talk to white people about race. It can't always be black people talking okay. to white people. Say that race. again. White people, because I thought you were going to say white people have to talk to black people about this. You're saying white people got to talk to white people white about People this. have to talk to white people about race because there are things that they can say that are harder for black people to say. Uh, and there are questions that white people might pose to white people or conversations they might have with them that need to be had, but they're just they're just too put off or too scared to have them with a black person gotcha. or don't have the level of confidence with an individual to do that. So that's a step toward being able to have a racial reconciliation conversation with a person who's black by having it with a person who's white that has a bit more 
uh, training, understanding, empathy, and have been down the road of bridge building it a little bit more, then you can help them without them feeling like they're in the face of a of a black person. Then then you don't trigger that white fragility or that white shame right away. Exactly. And uh, you know, you had asked me earlier just about my. Uh, um, well, you know, hold your point. I'm going to run to my break real quick. And when we get back, I want you to uh, get back on that point. Okay. You can unpause it at that time. If you want to call us, the number is 888-432-7434. raised by her professor why are you here at Omega Graduate School Sebla Didiluhailu answered in one of her essays like this I was not there just to add a prefix to my name though that would feel good the greater purpose of my preparation at OGS is to fulfill my mandate to be a change agent the doctor's study is a time of preparation for me to see and to think to understand the times and to craft my way in fulfilling my calling Sebla Didiluhailu a current doctor of philosophy student from Ethiopia is a counselor and adjunct psychology professor who hosts a weekly radio show in the capital city of Ethiopia and is an advocate for empowering women and children. What is your profession and how can OGS help you grow to the next level in your graduate education? Dr. David Anderson is the new chancellor of Omega Graduate School, formerly known as Oxford Graduate School, and your education as a working adult is important to him, to God, and to all who will be changed in the world because of your important research. Go to OGS.edu today and apply or call 1-800-933-6188. Want more Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson? You can now catch Dr. Anderson's half-hour radio highlight show on Saturdays at 7 p.m. right here on WAVA 105.1. You'll enjoy recent conversations he's had with callers to this show. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson Weekend Edition, Saturday, 7 p.m. on WAVA. Check it out. For more information about Dr. Anderson, visit andersonspeaks.com. Does your church have legal challenges? McCullum & Associates has experience with pastor-church relations, administration and organizational issues, real estate issues, church liability, and risk management. This firm understands the legal aspects of the problems as well as the spiritual implications of those same problems inside and outside the court. Call McCullum & Associates today at 301-864-6070. That's 301-864-6070. It's Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. It's Tough Topic Tuesday. Shout out to Delbert Pope, Portia White, Andrew Altman, and Linda Genty, Isker Zach on Facebook Live, and the rest of you. Thanks a lot for hanging out there with me. And uh, we're t today in my studio talking about this book I'm lifting up here, White as Sin, A New Paradigm for Racial Healing. And uh, the author's in the studio with me, Pastor Scott Garber. And let me just say, if, uh, if the show cut out for a couple of minutes, I do apologize. I had technical uh, difficulties at the station, but we're back right now. If you're on Facebook Live or YouTube Live, you didn't miss a thing. So remember, you can always go to Anderson Speaks, to my Facebook page, and you'll catch the entire show. So just because it cut out the airwaves, uh, you can still get the entire show right here with Pastor Scott. Now, Pastor Scott, uh, we were talking before the break uh, about uh, racism, um, white fragility, how to help uh, white folks really engage the topic of reconciliation without feeling uh, like they're pushed into the corner of shame. 
uh, and you were about to make a statement before uh, the break. Yeah, you had asked me how it felt for me to, to deal with this topic, and I have to say it felt better early on than it did after a while of working on this book huh. because when I first started doing it, I thought, wow, I'm, I'm figuring this out, and I'm telling other people what they need to hear, and then at some point, like halfway through, it dawned on me that I was white too. <laughs> <laughs> this that, represents me. Yes, exactly. Huh. All the things that I was saying about this quasi-universal f- fact of, of white haughtiness, yeah. I mean, how could I escape it? And then I began looking back through my own past and realizing, even in things that I'd done in ministry, hmm. in African-American settings, how incredibly paternalistic they'd been at some times. Huh. And it was like you were saying earlier, you can't go in with the idea that you have all the answers and you understand the questions better than the people that that are living them, you know? Yeah. Um, and so paternalism is just haughtiness with a smiley face. Ah. And that was what I was living for a while. And once I had to face that, then, but that changed my perspective about writing because now I'm writing as somebody who's on the inside and mm. is implicated rather than some expert on the outside saying, this is what everybody else needs to hear and what everybody else needs to do. Wow. 888-432-7434. If you want to join the conversation, you have just a couple minutes to get in where you fit in. That number is 888-43-BRIDGE. So, Pastor Scott, is America's racial dysfunction all at the feet of white people, or do blacks and other people of color have a role to play in this racial reconciliation? Well, of course, we're talking about reconciliation, so reconciliation requires two parties, obviously, Mm -hmm. if we're going to make it work. But my question that I began with was, who started this, and how did we get in this in this predicament to begin with? And uh-huh. obviously, the people who were most disadvantaged by it didn't start out with the idea let's let's mess up race, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, they were messed up by it. Yeah. So my my uh, my emphasis is that, especially speaking as a white person, that we have to take responsibility for what we have done and what we have become mm. if we want to change those things in a way that we can bring ourselves to the table of reconciliation. In, in a in a positive light and and engage with other people in a way that's going to draw them toward us rather than just continuing to walk in the ways of of, of ignorance basically so is that the hope is that uh when white people read your book as well as everybody else but specifically that they'll be like uh wow you know what i have a role to play in this reconciliation i can't just live in the majority and ignore the people around me or tolerate the people around me i actually have to engage people in order to build this bridge right this is not a black issue and white people tend to think of it and paint it as a black issue if if it is what we have done as white culture that has created this problem and if it's going to be solved it's going to require us to understand that and to move ahead and to fix those things and so um is very much of a white uh issue and my hope is because I don't I just don't think that I have the general credibility in the African American community to come around saying this is what you need to be doing. I mean I have some ideas of some things that could contribute, yes, yeah. because I've spent some time there. But that's not my area of ex- area of expertise and so I'm speaking to the people that I can more or less represent because I've lived it. Yeah, one of the uh, articles I wrote for CNN uh, a few years ago was on the new emerging minority which is white people, as you had mentioned earlier in 2004. Uh, you know, most of the kids were starting school were uh, kids of color or whatever, and so there's this shift in the demographics of America. And uh, I said that that's going to be one of our biggest issues, and that is whites becoming the minority. And you're going to have two kinds of whites. You're going to have, uh, you know, diverse whites, 
uh, like yourself who are comfortable with diversity or who are at least uh, trying to, to build those bridges of reconciliation. But then you're going to have another group of whites. They're not diverse whites, but they're reverse whites mm-hmm. where they're going to want to go back to the way things are and they're going to feel threatened that things are changing. And all they're going to want to do is how do we get back to, to the way it used to be? Because the way it used to be was very comfortable for them and now the newness is no longer comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. The thing that, that I found uh, looking at this issue from the point of view of racial haughtiness as a, as a, an, a sin, as a sinful stronghold, that has attached itself to white identity is that whichever group you're talking about of those white people, whether they want to go back or whether they're comfortable, more comfortable moving forward in a more diverse setting, there still are issues of racial haughtiness that we mm. have to deal with. And we can't put it off on all a bunch of pointy headed people wearing, wearing sheets yeah. and say that it's all their fault <laughs> and mm. they're the only ones that have to change. This is, this is an issue that I think all of us really have to look at and find out what, how are we implicated um, personally, and then start from that point to uh, to set ourselves right before God and, and with others. Well, and haughtiness is, is across the board, whites, blacks, Asians, Hispanics, male, female. So we all have uh, haughtiness as a proclivity of sin that we have to take before the Lord. But when you talk about racial haughtiness, specifically white as sin, as your book is entitled, you're particularly talking about how white folk express this haughtiness through power structures. Is that right? Exactly, because that, that we have created a racial hierarchy. And basically the, the problem, even with people who don't want to go back, backwards, is that people th- that we're not trying to change what is. So, and we reach a point where we think that everybody has, has, is getting a, exa- approximately what they deserve. Mm-hmm. And if what they deserve is a lot less than what I'm getting, then there's a problem there because the only way that I can justify that is by thinking that I'm somehow better. Mm-hmm. And so it, when we see that there's, for example, that the net wor- worth of the average, uh, the, me- the median worth of white families is 10 times what the median worth of black families is, there obviously is an issue there where, where there's, there's, there's a, a disadvantage. But if we say, well, that disadvantage is deserved, then the only way can we, can, we can really justify that is by thinking that we're better. It's not that uh, I did anything wrong. It's that they're not working hard enough or they're not making the right choices. So it's really on them. Right, exactly. And if they would just get with the program, and that's one of the uh, masks of modern-day haughtiness, is that it's, it's gone from white superiority in principle to just some white meritocracy. In other words, we're... we're we're doing a better job. If black people would just have the right values and get with the program, then we could all live happily ever, ever after. But it's just another form of haughtiness. Wow. 888-43-BRIDGE. Let's go to Springfield, Virginia. Anonymous is on the line. Hey, Anonymous, Dr. Anderson and Pastor Scott here. How you doing? Good, Pastor. How are you? Excellent. Thanks for hanging. What are you thinking, sir? just want to uh, applaud Pastor Scott for what he's doing and uh, just encourage him uh, to stay strong because – I'm sure that uh, it's a tough road for him and, and that it's not easy to be uh, doing what he's doing out there and, uh, and to know that he is, he is loved and he is supported. You know, it, it's very difficult because my white brothers and sisters, as you can tell by how the phone lines are not ringing, <laughs> are very much uh, don't like this subject. It's something that they run from because they do feel like he just talked about as if uh, somehow if we would get with the program, Things would be better. They don't believe that 
they've done anything and that this is not their problem. But I, I would also just share with them at some point, they too, like all of us, will stand before God and have to give an answer. And if they don't believe that God is going to look down and see how they have benefited from all the years, and, and even if they weren't the, the ones who started it, they've still yep. benefited from it. Yep. They don't believe that that's going to have an effect. Then I more power to them. Hey, uh, Anonymous from Springfield, thank you for your words of encouragement. We'll be right back. This is Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. She said, we need to talk. She's asked me for the first time if I would consider myself a sex addict. You know, I thought it was just about admitting the things that I had done wrong. I, I never had a clue that it was about redeeming our story. You know, I thought it was just about coming clean on what I had done. She was a mess, I was a mess, and, and we got divorced. Going to EMB, surrounding myself with these other men, they accepted me for who I was and what I had done, but they challenged me to step up and do better. You know, they'll be around other men who are not just pointing the finger, but um, willing to get in and wade through it with them, you know, get in the trenches. They'll get hope from this workshop. Take my sweet wife and my story. We were divorced, remarried, and on our way to what I think uh, will be the sweetest years of our lives. The Everyman's Battle Workshop is coming to Washington, D.C., January. 10th through the 12th. When registering, mention code 20WAVA to save $50. Call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Imagine you are facing a death sentence because of your faith. Nigerian Christians are under attack. Your brothers, your sisters in Christ. There's one way to spread the word of God's love safely and compellingly. Radio. There is an entire section of Nigeria where there is no Christian radio. But there is good news. The Lord is opening an opportunity for Transworld Radio to build a powerful new station to reach all of Nigeria with solid biblical teaching like we appreciate every day. Africa needs Jesus. Africa needs you. Will you get involved? Make a gift of $50, $100, or even $1,000 today. Call now, 888-988-5656. That's 888-988-5656. Or give online at wava.com, keyword Africa. Message and data rates may apply. Individual results vary. Exclusions apply. Contacts and glasses are such a hassle. I'd love to finally get LASIK, but... I'm going to stop you right there. If you want LASIK, then the LASIK Vision Institute has officially taken away everything standing in your way. Isn't LASIK expensive? Not at the LASIK Vision Institute. We're offering dramatically low prices and an absolutely free consultation. See for free if LASIK is right for you by texting RADIO to 350-350. But I'm really busy. A text only takes seconds, and the LASIK procedure typically only takes 15 minutes. And best of all, most patients can get back to work the following day. I had no idea. The LASIK Vision Institute uses the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology that helps the majority of patients achieve 20-20 vision. We've performed over 1.3 million procedures. That's experience you can trust. And we're offering 20% off our already low-cost services. What's that text again? Text RADIO to 350-350. That's R-A-D-I-O to 350-350 to schedule your free consultation today. Hello, friends. This is Janice Fonseca, producer of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. I want to thank you for joining us 
on this thought-provoking radio show where Dr. Anderson creates a safe, uncommon table to build bridges where there's a divide. Because like he says, comprehension begins with conversation. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson is a nonprofit ministry, and it is made possible with generous listeners like you. Will you consider partnering with us? It's really easy. Let me tell you how. Go to andersonspeaks.com and click on the donate button. Consider giving a monthly donation. If you're a business and want to sponsor Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, email me at info at andersonspeaks.com. Together, we can build bridges and have great conversations on Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. Become a partner or a sponsor and go to andersonspeaks.com and donate. Join us again tomorrow at 3 p.m. and Saturday at 7 p.m. We want you to be part of this conversation. We can't do this without you. We look forward to your partnership and sponsorship. Andersonspeaks.com. Thank you so very much for your support. On Facebook, Allison Toller, a white woman, says, I think my Caucasian brothers and sisters often choose to avoid efforts to avoid a conflict and prevent oneself from being uncomfortable. However, it perpetuates the problem. And while I may be polarized until white folks are willing to engage and listen, the problem remains cyclical. And so uh, thank you for that, Allison. Let me see if I can get another call in really quickly. Amy's on the line from Silver Spring. Hey, Amy, you've got about 30 seconds. What are you thinking today? Oh, Oh, gosh, that's fast. Thank you, Dr. Anderson. Uh-huh. Um, I want to say, Pastor Scott, I totally understand your your uh, situation. I was in the same situation growing up in Wisconsin. I'm Caucasian. And uh, because of my career, I was actually went feet first into the African-American culture, which was amazing. And I learned, and I learned so much. And I definitely share in your experience. And um, I'm often the person who will speak to white people. I don't even like saying the term white, as sure. I mentioned. There's a, thank you, there's Amy. a video I recently saw. Hey, Amy, yeah, I, I, gotta, a, I, I thank you for your comment. i got to let you go. Let me hit Dave real quick. Dave in Edgewater, you got 20 seconds, my friend. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, Dr. Anson. I talked to you last week. Um, oh. Just saying that the last gentleman said something about white guys calling in on white guys calling in. Um, just want to hear Jesus in the conversation and uh, don't see color. I just don't know where that applies. Okay, gotcha. Thank you for your comment. You'll make our last comment about that, and maybe you can respond to th- that as well. Okay, well, I, I think Jesus is all over this uh, conversation because he is, our, um, he is our example of what it means to really love each other and to give. He gave up his position, and he yeah. came to save us when we didn't deserve it. Yeah. And uh, so when those who have an advantage hang on to that advantage uh, and ostracize others rather than stepping out of that advantage to uh, yeah. to to build bridges, then we're not following the example of Jesus. And that's where we can learn from him. Well, we sure can. And sometimes what happens is when we talk about race, my white brothers and sisters want to immediately jump to religion and and Jesus and, and, and like, OK, let's give that and make that a given. Now, what are we going to do to actually live like Jesus in this situation? All of a sudden you're talking about race too much. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Pastor Scott, thank you so much for writing the book. I'm lifting it up on Facebook Live. White as Sin, A New Paradigm for Racial Healing. Make sure you go to Amazon and get the book. 
thank you for writing it. Thank you for all the scholarship, and thank you for being a bridge builder. I appreciate you. Thank you, Dr. Anderson. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do pray that all of us who have haughtiness, you would work on us to bring us to be more like you, one who humbled himself. There's Jesus right there. Humbled himself (laughs) and and literally made himself a man and became obedient uh, to the cross, even death on the cross. Lord, would you help us to have this kind of humility to die to ourselves so we can build a bridge to our brothers and sisters in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.